Hello everybody, this is Pamela Fagan Hutchins with Wine, Women, and Writing, and this is the show, videocast, podcast, whatever your jam is, however you're connecting with us, that um, really focuses in on female authors and their female characters. And you know what I like. I like female characters who have a little depth to them, who have an edge, who have a side that we may not even like, but that we end up rooting for anyway, because we find something about them that we can really grab onto, empathize with, and go along for the ride even if it's sometimes a really dark ride, which I hope is what we're going to talk about today in a moment with my guest Dee. But first, the important stuff, um, website, PamelaFaganHutchins.com. The page there is Wine, Women, and Writing, and you can sign up to get the podcast delivered straight to your favorite RSS device there, totally free. If you want to spend money on it, you can. You can go to my Patreon site, and you can pledge to support the show. And that won't hurt my feelings at all, because it'll help me keep shining a light on authors that I know you want to read. And sometimes you already do. But if you want to while you're there, you're also welcome to read my books as well. But the focus today is not me. The focus today is my guest, D. Poirier. Did I say it right? Correct, you did. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I practiced like 50 times before we hit go. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. I, I, we just met. We're at the BoucherCon convention, and um, BoucherCon is a mystery convention for mystery suspense thriller writers and fans. So you mix, you mingle. It's basically like an introvert hell, you know. Oh, absolutely. It's <laughs> awkward. People. There's no booze until 2 p.m. <laughs> it's terrible. We're filled with all these authors, and there's no booze until 2 p.m. But once what? 2 p.m. comes, I mean, it's oh, yeah. it's like 70 deep at the bar. Everybody trying. It's like a swarm. It's like all these bees just, like, coming, and they're like, give me booze. <laughs> we channel our Ernest Hemingway, or whatever. and um, Yeah, exactly. And then we're able to make a little, little chit-chat. But yesterday, I met Dee, and I was admiring her covers, and something really grabbed, um, uh, grabbed me about them. They had that edge that I'm looking for. They had a little bit of darkness. And so spontaneously, I said, come be on my show. <laughs> and um, now I'm dying to hear what it is behind that edge I saw peeking out at me on your cover. Tell us about your books. So I write female-driven police procedurals, and they focus on a character who is deeply emotionally damaged and scarred because of the death of her sister when she was a teenager. Her sister died, and the case was never solved, and it just made her this incredibly broken character. And that's the darkness that I really want to portray in my covers and in the story as a whole, is that you're on this journey not only to solve these murders, but a journey about the cycle of grief yeah. And what it's like to live with those questions that are never answered. And just have to keep going. Yes. Did, did the death of her sister lead her into police work, or was it she is, already yeah. there? Mm -hmm. That's exactly what led her to it, is she suffered with those questions for so long that she really felt that she had to go into a line of work where, even though she couldn't get those answers for herself, that hopefully she could get them to other people. Right. And it actually ends up that she gets a call from her hometown that another girl dies in the exact same way her sister was killed Ugh. and they need her to come back and help and try and solve that murder before more girls die and ultimately pulls her into all kinds of emotional flashback yes. too yeah wow. she lived in a very small town it's actually set in vinyl haven maine um, it's a very cloistered island with a very small population and I really tried to portray what it would be like to not only grow up in a situation like that, but to try and solve a, a crime in an area that is so 
isolated. Right. And so there's secrets and there's real police procedure and the things that they would struggle with being that remote and Maine only has one main um, office that they go through for all forensic work and things like that. So you're so. kind of in the Wild West, so to speak. Yes. You're on your own. Yeah. Your safety is on your own. Mm -hmm. You're, you know, if their crime occurs, you're left to your own devices. Exactly. So that's pretty remote and mysterious. Yeah. It's kind of Stephen King-ish in a way. <laughs> now, what, now, Maine, do you have a relation to the state of Maine, or did you just feel a fascination that drew your no, setting honestly, there? No, um, honestly, I, I wanted to set the book on an island because yeah. I loved the idea of like how creepy and weird that is because I've been to several islands in California and then when I actually lived up in New England and there's always this weird vibe when yeah. it comes to islands and I love the idea of trying to set this there and portray that odd feeling you get on an island and I was originally going to set it in the Pacific Northwest Yeah, and I was looking at different islands that kind of would fit the vibe that I wanted. I wanted a specific population. I wanted it to have a specific feel and a specific look, but none of the ones in the Pacific Northwest fit it. And then I found Vinyl Haven, Maine, and I was like, "This, this is, is my the spooky one. town." Yeah. And I, I, it's also because the history of the island was actually fascinating because there were, I think it was 13 families that founded this island, and some of them still live there today. So and, you know, I don't want. It's probably not this way for the people on Vinyl Haven Island, but. For a writer, that gives you a lot of possibility yes. for, it's almost inbred, right? It's like these yes. secrets that take over a community and old wounds. Yes, and exactly. Delicious. You can weave in so many secrets, and the best part is so many of those secrets give you these wonderful red herrings. Yes. And they add so much depth and layering to the story, and that was a lot of fun to write. It sounds like a lot of fun. And from... I lived for 10 years on an island, oh, and you did? it was a bigger island than okay. that. It was St. Croix in okay. the U.S. Virgin Islands, which is where I met my husband. Hello, oh. honey. And, um, and we always used to say that everybody's either running from something or to something oh, when yes. they move to an island. They're not just coming for a job or whatever, and it, and it does create this wonderful feeling of decadence and mystery and yes. decay, and it's just it's a cool thing. So yes. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Now, when we were talking before um, we went on the air, we were discussing something about you that really fascinates me as, uh, as how you perceive the world. Yes. Say the name of the, the way you experience sensations and, and feelings and thoughts. And so I have aphantasia. Aphantasia. Um, and so I have no um, like inner eye. No, like, I can't imagine things in my mind. So when I read a book and things, like other people will say they see the characters and they see the setting and things like, I don't see any of that. And I think that's one of the reasons I love movies based on books so much, ah. because they give me the feel of that and I, I don't get that otherwise. So I, the biggest one for me was Harry Potter because people would be like, oh my God, I can see what he looks like in my head. And the only way I knew what he looked like was because of the illustrations, like at that's the beginning of funny. each chapter. And so, yeah, I cannot picture any of that stuff. And in my own writing, it was a struggle for me in the beginning was like, how do I make other people see those pictures in their head? Because exactly. I never do. And so I actually cheat a little bit. I um, look at pictures and I just describe what I see in the pictures. And I'm like, I 
hope it works. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, it's a picture in your head or it's a picture, you know, on a surface or a screen. Yeah. It's the same thing. The ability to describe it is what I think differentiates a writer. In fact, you know, I don't know about you, but when people talk to me about where do you get ideas, how do you come up with these things that are creative, a lot of the times the answer is I don't. I've yeah. seen them somewhere, and now yeah. I'm recycling and using them. I'm a collector of images. I'm a collector yes. of characters. And so, you know, that's what you're doing with the things you look at. Good yes. for you that you're able to make it translate. Yeah. But that is, that, I, you know, I'd never even heard of that before you told me today, and it's fascinating. Have you used it with a character ever? No, because I honestly didn't know it was a thing until recently either, because that's just how I've always perceived the world. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know that anyone else perceived the world differently. I thought right. that it was metaphorical when people talked about what they saw in their head. That's I didn't, crazy. I didn't yeah. know they actually saw things in their head. And so when someone was like, no, I really see things in my head, I went to my boyfriend and I was like, do you see things in your head? You're thinking, she must be crazy. And he was like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like... Oh, I don't <laughs> at wow. all. That's and he crazy. was like, so if I, if I said like banana, you couldn't imagine that. And I'm like, like, I know what a banana looks like, but I can't like see it in my head. Right. Okay. So one more question about that. I'm, I'm hijacking <laughs> the interview instead of on your books to talk about this because <laughs> totally it's fascinating. Bad. But when you dream, mm -hmm. do you dream uh, do you remember dreams? Do you have pictures and dreams? So I normally don't dream. Yeah. Um, and when I do dream, it's it's not visual. It's like feelings. Right. And sometimes there'll be memories. So I can, like, I guess I can see sometimes things that I've experienced. Right. But I can't see things I haven't experienced. So my mind is just going round and round <laughs> with how to use this in character. So this is going to be a research session for me now. I'm like, this is kind of cool. How can this screw something up, you know, yeah. in a case? But um, that's really, really amazing. Okay, so back to your books. Yes. Um, well, maybe not. Not completely okay. back to our books. Okay. You are, where do you live? I always ask people this because we're at BoucherCon and we have no idea, right? But yes. what so, spot of the planet are you on? Right now I live in Florida. Okay. But I actually grew up in Oklahoma, so not too far from here. Okay. Um, and then I've also lived in Oregon and California and Connecticut. You so, spread it out a little bit. I did. Bit. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do all the corners. So do you have any desire to do the whole Southern Gothic mystery type of thing? Are you feeling that spooky, swampy edge? Honestly, I wrote one. Did you? It's, it's YA. It's a YA historical fantasy, um, but it never got picked up because it was too dark. <laughs> Shocking. We were talking before we went on air about that there's something about the darkness that, that calls out to us. And oh, yes, absolutely. I, I probably write a little less dark than you do because my mother reads everything I write and says, oh, honey, oh, honey. But anyway, but there's... <laughs> my mom doesn't read it until they're done, and when she does, I'm like, just don't, don't maybe don't read it. <laughs> and if you do, let's just not talk about yeah. it. And, but there's something about the dark stuff that calls out to yeah. me. And, and it, so, you know, I walked past her books, and I thought, oh, I need to talk to you. And you had on a really rocking necklace yesterday. <laughs> my teeth necklace. Yeah, she had on a bunch of teeth. And I was like, who did she kill to get those teeth? I want to talk to Hannibal Lecter on my show. <laughs> It was pretty cool. Do people ask about the, that a lot, or do they just look at you like, oh, my God, those she may have eaten people? Most people looked at it, and then they, like, immediately looked away. <laughs> like, are those? Okay, no. <laughs> and then someone did actually ask me about it. They're like, so I, I need to know about this. <laughs> and so um, the necklace, I should have worn it for today, but it was actually made out of real human teeth. 
Um, I had made a joke on Twitter about how I wanted to wear a necklace made of human teeth yeah. for um, a book signing because I read about serial killers. And someone on Twitter who's a dental hygienist reached out to me and they were like, you know, I could make you a necklace out of teeth that we extracted. If you would like, I can sanitize it and make it all totally fine. And I can make that for you and send it to you. And I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> and it was the most exciting thing in my life. And it arrived at my house and my boyfriend was like, someone from the internet made you a necklace out of teeth? Do you really believe her and I was that like, she's a dental hygienist? Yes, they did. And I was ungodly excited about it. No, you have a serial killer fan. That's it's what fine. you've got. <laughs> I mean, it's not fun. Please don't kill people and send me their teeth. But it was one of the most exciting moments of my life to have someone send me their teeth. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That is a really good fan, you yeah. know, and she gets you. It was amazing. It was one of the coolest things. Like, oh, no, a t-shirt. That's cool. Teeth necklace. Teeth necklace. Yes. Hey, it, I mean, it grabbed my eye. I saw her covers. I saw the teeth. I said, I'm talking to this woman. Yes. <laughs> For sure. Well, so is that the craziest thing you've ever gotten from someone that's read your books? Um, I'm, I'm, I mean, let's... Have you the emails? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do um, tell. Yeah, so I've had people send me, like, coffee mugs, and um, I actually had someone 3D print me um, a really cool skull... And like a raven, and those were amazing. Um, I've gotten some really cool things from fans, and it's absolutely fun and exciting when um, they send me things. I've never got anything weird, other than I guess some of you probably think the teeth necklace is weird. Um, but it's all in your perspective. To you, it was yes. a lovely gesture. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, then there's just the the emails sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you write a little darker, or whatever you write people will assume that it's okay then to talk to you about whatever that is. And yes. so you open yes. doors um, sometimes without meaning to. Yes. But that can lead to ideas. Have you ever had fans give you crazy ideas? Um, or good ideas, I should say. Not as of yet. I usually get strange ideas from just normal situations that people will tell me about. And I'm like, but what if there was murder yes, exactly. every single time? Anytime you tell me a story, I'm going to be like, but what if someone died? <laughs> and then I'm and like, what if it was a serial time. killer? And what yes. if it was really, really, exactly. really vile and, and nasty? Um, so with the ideas for your current series, where, where was the genesis of, of the whole, the sister and the, the one left behind and the one that died? So I was actually really inspired by Sharp Objects. Um, oh, yeah, Gillian yeah. Bond, or Gillian Bond. I can't remember how to pronounce it. Um, when she, she doesn't need us to do it right, she's doing fine. Yeah, so we can just call her whatever we want. Yeah. Um, but I, I love all of her books. I mean, of course, who doesn't? But um, Sharp Objects is my favorite. And I had read it, and I was probably watching a very unhealthy amount of SVU, um, <laughs> which is probably normal for all of us. Uh, so I was just watching that, and then with the combination of that and Sharp Objects, I was like, I want to write something like really dark and twisted. My agent had already been kind of like pushing me in the direction of writing mystery. Yeah. Because I had written a lot of young adult fantasy that had mystery elements. Yeah. We all had murder. They were all really dark. And there was some element of like, let's solve this murder while weird supernatural stuff is going on. And she was like, how about you just write a mystery? And I was like, oh, okay, sure. Let's try it. And I was like, Kind of thinking about things and trying to see if something would stick in my mind and then this story came and I was like I think I can do this I can write this really dark 
damaged character. And it all came out of how damaged I wanted her to be. Yeah. Because for me, that's the most interesting kind of character to write is someone who's really broken, someone who's really damaged, um, those sorts of things. Yeah. Well, it gives you so much to work with. Yeah, it does. And So many places that you can go. Yeah. And interesting places you can take them with um, yes. the manifestation of their darkness. Yes. So what's next for you? Are you working on a third book in this series? or um, Right now, no. Um, Beneath the Ashes is about to come out. It comes out November 19th. That's right. And then... Um, I have ideas for the third one, but I'm waiting on my publisher to decide if right. I want to go that direction or not. Um, and then I'm finishing up a domestic suspense right now. So that can also be pretty dark and twisted. Oh, it is very dark <laughs> and twisted. So yes. definitely, this is something to be watching for. Yes. Well, I um, want to encourage you guys to go out to um, Dee's website, and it's D H Poirier. Poirier, which is P O I R I E R. And difficult to say, <laughs> but if you type it in, you'll find her, yes. and you can um, see more about the, the two books that are out in the series, and yes. you can keep a watch for her domestic suspense and to see what happens with her mystery writing, yes. and um, and and I can't wait to go out and check it out myself. So I'll save it for when I you know need something to give me a little spook, there a little go. scare. I've been told it might keep you up all night. So I like that. Be prepared. My husband travels all the time, mm -hmm. and so I like to have something because I don't sleep while he's gone, oh. something to binge read or yes. binge watch that will make me, you know, feel creepy crawly and really wanting to come home. Yes. So that's my thing. Well, you guys, thanks for tuning in for this episode. And don't forget to go out to PamelaFaganHutchins.com, subscribe to the show for free, and check out the books of the upcoming episodes so you can be prepared to join in virtually with the discussion. And you guys... I always have to say this. This has been a copyrighted and solely owned production of Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Thanks to She Who Rules Our Universe, our producer Pam Stack, for what she does to help writers have a chance to talk about their books and for you guys to learn more about them. Thanks a lot, Dee. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Bye.